everyone welcome back to forever in bloom i'm nicole hi everyone welcome back to another episode hope everyone had a great week i guess we can just dive right on into how our weeks went yeah how was your week yeah my week was very interesting i actually had a pretty traumatic experience happen to me on friday so for those of you who might not know i live in a town outside of Seattle called Renton, Washington. Renton's known to be, she's a little shady uh, in some areas as most outer city towns are, but I live in a pretty safe area. There's a good amount of police presence and I feel pretty safe but I do make a bit of a trek to go to the grocery store in the nicer end of town just because shady things go down at grocery store parking lots and I just want to be as safe as possible since we are in America. So I went to go pick up my groceries at this nice Safeway and I'm in the drive up and go spot doing my thing, let the store know that I'm there. The lovely gentleman that works at Safeway carts on out my groceries and puts them in the back of my car. Uh, I'm just gonna finish FaceTiming my parents and then I'll uh, peace out and drive home. It was a beautiful evening, great temperature, my window was down. I was just vibing in the parking lot at Safeway. Only for this vibe to be destroyed by six rounds just going off right behind me. Um, Someone got shot and sadly passed away um beside me and i had to like hide in my car until the police showed up and my poor father was just stuck on facetime watching it all unfold and like yelling at me to get down and stay down and kind of telling me what was going on around me because i was facing the opposite direction of where it happened i just heard it and then i heard the commotion afterwards and then my dad was letting me know who was around my car and what was going on and when was a good time for me to actually like get up and get the frick out of there yeah it's hard reading the headlines every time a mass shooting happens in the states and although this wasn't a mass shooting it was most likely targeted you hear all the headlines and you read about everything that happens and all the deaths that happen every year in the states but it's so different knowing someone from my point of view who's been involved in that or you know someone who's been there like it's just you become more connected to what's going on that's just naturally humans how we feel and of course it's still heartbreaking reading everything in the news and i still support all the government action that has been made for gun control in some states but not all the states unfortunately yeah absolutely terrifying it ended up being a young 21 year old and they think it was targeted but the shooter fled the scene so that was a very uh, eye-opening experience yeah. into the gun control in America, like firsthand. Everyone always talks about, oh, like the gun control in America is so bad. And we all see the statistics. We all see how many mass shootings happen every year. Um, it's so sad. It's just become a regular thing. But I just, I was not expecting at 7 p.m. on a Friday to experience that. Like it just really goes to show you that like anything can happen at any time. You just kind of always need to be aware. So yeah, that was my crazy story and start to my Halloween weekend. I uh, did not end up going to as many functions as I was planning on. I guess maybe that was the universe's way of saying I needed to chill. I don't really remember much else of my week. <laughs> it's definitely are dealing with the consequences of that and dealing with the anxiety that comes along with witnessing something like that and being so deep into something like that. And it makes you think just how weird life is this person did not know you existed and now you're going to carry their death around with you forever I mean, they had no idea you existed mm -hmm. no it's uh it's been a really slow process i completely agree i i never in a million years thought that i would firsthand witness it i kind of figured i would like meet someone 
while living out here that has had something like that happen but uh it's just a very jarring experience like just that noise i instantly knew what it was and my body just froze it was my first like true fight or flight response that like it was like something was going down and i was less than 10 feet away from where it happened so like it all became very real very quickly i think i was on a bit of like an adrenaline high for the next at least 24 hours like i was just i could not fall asleep i was pacing around my apartment i like at work the next day i was like jittery i couldn't stop shaking and i was just like this is so weird because it's not like i i don't know i keep trying to like make it smaller in my brain than it actually was like everyone keeps saying oh my god like that was so scary you must be so shaken up like we're so worried about you like all of my family has reached out to me and i'm like i'm fine like i'm safe and yeah it was scary i don't know it's been a bit of a tough week i've definitely taken a few steps back in my uh healing journey and anxiety journey uh which has really sucked um i felt very defeated because i was doing so well and it was something i couldn't control like whatever it was gonna happen uh unfortunately i had to be there to witness it and now i get to deal with processing all of that uh and trying to figure out where i'm gonna get my groceries from now on because like where do you go when safeway is not safe <laughs> i know you facetimed me like right after it happened and you were like if i don't laugh about this right now i am gonna drive off this bridge like i don't know how else i don't know how i can deal with this <laughs> we just laughed <laughs> literally literally it like it happened and <laughs> i got out of the parking lot and like got to like where i was safe and then i just started like slamming my phone trying to get to you i was like call nicole call nicole call nicole uh and then once it finally went through i was just like so adrenaline and like shaking and like kind of crying (laughs) (laughs) yeah i picked up and i honestly thought you got in a car accident like that's i was kind of like laughing i was like what's the you know what's what did you get herself into now what what happened (laughs) so but you told me right away that like you're not hurt and i was like oh yeah way more serious than just like a little car accident yeah exactly it was like i knew immediately because if i were to have gotten a phone call from you and i answered and you were in the state that i was in like it was also dark out so you get this like weird lighting on my face very like (laughs) jarring (laughs) to look at uh to begin with yeah if i were to have got a call from you i'd been like oh my god like her arm fell off (laughs) like what happened (laughs) yeah yeah. yeah. So that was my crazy Friday experience. How was your week, Nicole? <laughs> yeah, definitely not as traumatic as your week. I definitely had a different type of excitement going on on my week. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the you had the positive side of things this week. I yeah yeah I did. My week fits very well with our topic. Of this week which is career growth and imposter syndrome and just navigating the career world as your early 20s or mid 20s like we always say and just not knowing what to do um, i'm moving jobs right now which is really really exciting it's a it's a huge step for me because i'm leaving the job that i got right out of university in my field so this job that i'm leaving so bittersweet like when mm-hmm. i was talking to my manager i started crying because i just like i could i just can't believe i'm leaving you know like it was yeah like i said my first job right out of university i learned so 
much at this job so much more than what they teach you in school you know Mm -hmm. always the case (laughs) yep so oh my god my team was like my design team's really small of course but the product team i think is only like 12 people to become like a family working together so closely every single day on projects so it's so hard leaving that type of culture and i know good culture are found all over the place Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that the job i'm going to is won't be compared or you know won't be uh as good or not um but you know it's bittersweet like leaving the people you know it's gonna be different yeah it's gonna be different gonna learn a bunch of different things i'm super super excited for my new opportunity though i think it's a huge step in my career and i'm very Mm -hmm. happy that i was presented this opportunity like super early in my career moving jobs when you're just trying to even figure out your footing as what you even want to do is super hard and then given a new opportunity you know it's scary but it's so so exciting i'm very i'm very very excited so this is kind of what inspired our topic of this week Mm-hmm. yeah there's no better time to talk about navigating career growth and imposter syndrome than when you're in the trenches of it all right now <laughs> yeah, exactly should we jump into our quote of the week yes before we get too deep into the topic my quote this week is actually from a new movie that mm-hmm. just recently came out Oh my goodness. I have not seen it, and to be honest, I don't know if I will watch it, but it's called Dune. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the quote is, life is not a mystery to be solved, but a reality to be experienced. Love it. Absolutely love it. Shout out Brayden, my other best friend that lives back in Ontario. <laughs> he brought up this quote while we were FaceTiming, and I was just like, whoa, I need to write that down. And he's a big Dune like novel fan, so he mm-hmm. kind of gave me the whole like back story and what is going to unfold uh in the coming movies so i'm not going to spoil them here yes good quote from that movie i just think it's pretty profound like we're always trying to figure out everything as if it's a mystery and it's just a lot of people forget to stop and just experience the moment and like you don't have to have it all figured out just kind of vibe with it ride the waves and everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to yeah it's not a puzzle you need to be rushing to solve no, absolutely enjoy the process. Yeah, I like that. My quote of the week is, picture the person you want to be and every choice you face, ask yourself if you're moving closer or further away from that person. And I love that so much because I always have like a really high standard for who I want to be. But when I'm faced with a situation or a choice, I don't always make the best decision i'm not always representing the person i want to be very well Mm -hmm. and that could be like super super small like sometimes i'll like walk past my doorman in my apartment and like not say hi and i'll get outside and i'll be like i should have said hi like shoot Mm -hmm. damn it (laughs) you know so it's just small things like that where it's um picture the person you want to be and show up as that person every single day because you're not going to just wake up one day and be them yeah I think a way to look at it too is like when you're faced with a tough decision, putting yourself in the mindset of like, well, what would the version of me that I want to be do? Yeah, exactly. And try to make an intentional decision based on, like you said, the person that you want to be and are becoming. It all starts with small steps, small decisions. I really thoroughly enjoy that. So back on to our subject of the week, career growth and imposter syndrome. I feel like maybe we should give a quick definition for those who do not know what imposter syndrome is yeah 
So Google defines imposter syndrome uh, as something that is also called perceived fraudulence. It involves feelings of self-doubt and personal incompetence that persists despite your education, experience, and accomplishments. To counter these feelings, you might end up working harder and holding yourself to a higher standard. And I think that is pretty bang on. Uh, I think everyone at some point experiences some form of imposter syndrome. It's just being in the moment of like, is this really my life? Like, how did I, of all people, land this job? Or how am I ever going to learn? Like, I'm not qualified to be here. How are they expecting me to learn all these new things? All those fun thoughts that come along when you first enter the workforce. Yeah, I have 70% of people have felt imposter syndrome at some time in their life. I would assume that is way, way higher, but it's just so prevalent in today's society that I'm super excited to talk about it. But before mm-hmm. we get too deep into that, I think it would be important to give a little background of our where it all started, where our career goals all started. <laughs> Oh, Lord. (laughs) Let's go all the way back to high school. Mm -hmm. Let's just bring it all the way back. Because can you really trust yourself to make a life-altering decision at the age of 17? Like, when I walked into civics and careers class, and they sat you down with a piece of paper and a pen, and they were like, write down what you want to be. Yeah. Hello? Like, I just looked at them, elevator music behind eyes, like, nothing was going on in there. I was like, what do you mean? I'm seven, like, I'm going to work at Tim Hortons on the weekend. Like, that's all I'm thinking about right now, (laughs) is doing that and hanging out with my friends and what I'm eating for lunch. It's even earlier than that, because I think in grade 10, like, before you were 17, I think you're 15 (gasps) in grade 10. Oh my god, you're so You gotta sign up for, like, bio, or you gotta sign up for, like, math if you want to go into math. You gotta look at what program you want to apply to, see what prerequisites they need in order to accept you. Sometimes it's grade 11 chemistry, you know? It's the things you don't think about right now, and you're gonna screw yourself over if you get to grade 12 and you're applying to all these schools and you need, you know, bio. Like, it's so dumb it is so you can't trust yourself such a stressful period yeah yeah like high school in itself is just an entire episode on its own um high school is (laughs) not an easy not an easy experience for really anyone but to have all of that pressure put on you at such a young age i still i completely forgot that you had to pick all of your own courses come grade 10 like you took the core like science that was split by a semester and you got a little bit of like biochemistry uh what's the other one whatever the other ones are was it physics oh yeah (laughs) physics oh my god you can tell i did not take that one It's so crazy. Uh, As you said, like in grade 10, we're about, what, 15, 16? And that was when at least my high school, you had to go into the civics careers. And that was supposed Mm -hmm. to start future planning for what you wanted to do and what your post-secondary goals were. And I guess it's good to get kids thinking about it, but it was kind of presented to me in a way of like, if you don't have this figured out by the end of this course, by the end of these four months, you are going to end up homeless, no job. It's going to be detrimental. You're going to live and die in your parents' home. Like, uh, if you don't know how to figure out to write a resume right now, you're going to be homeless forever. Literally. <laughs> like, the amount of stress and anxiety it was absolutely insane. And for me personally, like, I have never known what I wanted to do ever some kids are born and they're like from day one i want to be a doctor i want to be a firefighter policeman you know the whole cliche answers i never knew like when i was asked in grade one and we had to write like what we wanted to be when i grow up i put a probation and parole officer because that's all i could think of and that's what my mom did (laughs) yeah what your parents do yeah and i was like uh yeah i guess i will work in probation and parole like that's the only job right (laughs) 
I just never really knew what I wanted to do and it was no different when I got to high school. It was like a paralyzing thought thinking about what came after those four years and I ended up doing a gap year and working at the beloved Costco bakery for an entire year just Mm -hmm. to kind of try to get my head on straight because I graduated high school and I still had no idea. Did you ever kind of struggle with what you wanted to do or did you always know you were on the path to be a (laughs) UX designer? Going way back, like when I was a child, I always thought I was going to be a vet. Always, always, always until mm. like tween years, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> like middle schoolish. And then I was like, oh, that's a lot of school. <laughs> and I didn't realize how many animals you'd have to like put down. And animals, when you're a vet, they don't just come and hang out all happy. They're coming to you because something's wrong. And my heart could not handle that being my everyday so did a little bit of 180 i was always a very crafty person growing up very artsy person well my dad actually sent me this program he thought it would fit me really well university of waterloo blah 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 the rest is history we know this story um but i before that i also took a gap year but it was mainly just Mm -hmm. to take a break Mm -hmm. because you're in school since you were six and you're 17 you you need a second like i recommend a fifth year to everyone yeah i do too Every, every, you know, every 17-year-old that I talk to. (laughs) Back in the day, I would recommend it. But it is so beneficial, that break of just, like, not doing school. So you're not burnt out by, like, second-year university. Mm -hmm. Because it's just so constant. So I'm definitely so happy I took a fifth year. And if we both didn't take fifth years, well, if one of us didn't take fifth years, we wouldn't have met. Yeah, no kidding. I didn't really even think about that. We would have been in completely different streams of the same program. Yeah crazy but but yeah that's kind of like where I ended up and then I'm very very lucky and got a job within a couple months of graduating university in my field and yeah rest is kind of history now I'm in the field that I really like in my career I really like it so I'm happy so throughout high school I'm just curious like did you were you still kind of floating like I really don't know what I want to do I wanted to be a vet and now the world is yeah. so big and different and scary. What in the world am I to do? Or were you like kind of always leaning into the digital arts? It's weird. I don't think I knew about the program, our program until end of grade 11. But up until then, I don't know why, but I always had an inkling that it would work out and I didn't need to worry about it. Right. <laughs> it's such a huge decision that I should have been stressing over. But I was just like, I'll apply to a program and I'll get in. And if it's not what I exactly what I want to do, then I'll go back to school or I'll change or I'll figure it out. Like it was never something that mm-hmm. was like super daunting to me because I, in the back of my head, I just always knew it would work out um, and whatever yeah. that meant. Yeah. All the pieces would fall into place eventually. And- yeah, exactly. I don't know. That seems very off brand for me. I'm definitely usually like a control I need to know what's going on. I need to do it myself. I need to research all these different things. And I think if I was doing it now, I would have a whole spreadsheet of the pros and cons (laughs) of each program and each city and, you know, all that research. But back then, I don't know, in my like 16 year old brain, I just always kind of knew it was going to work out. Very weird. That's just really nice to to not have all that stress and just kind of be like, you know what? It's going to work out. It's also funny that you say that your dad sent you uh, like the GBDA program at the University of Waterloo because my mom was the one that sent it to me and was like, I think you should look into this. And I'd never heard of it before, which is so crazy. She sent it to me and I was like, where is this? Which just goes to show like how sheltered my little tiny town was. 
I was just living in this Belmont bubble. Really hadn't, I was like, this place has a university. Like, why have I never heard of it? It must not be any good. Two, two universities. Yeah, two universities that I just didn't even know about. To be fair, though, like, majority of the kids that go to my high school end up going to either Western University, which is in London, Ontario, 15, 20 minutes away from our high school. Yeah. Or go to Fanshawe College, which is also in the same city. So they never leave. So I don't think it was ever really even talked about with my counselors and stuff like that. Of like other options. That's so crazy. Like they would give you pamphlets and stuff. But like there wasn't like an in-depth. They were always kind of pushing. Because that's what they knew about. Because that's what everyone wanted to go to. They were like, I want to go to Western. So they knew all about the psychology programs there. Because previous graduates from the high school had done that whole process. Um, So yeah, I found this one through my mom. Did universities ever come to your high school and, like, talk? They did, but it was very few. And not Waterloo. Not that I am aware (laughs) of. But, I mean, at the time, like, I didn't even know that that might have even been a possibility. I knew that I was going to be taking a gap year, so I wasn't stressing Mm -hmm. about it. Like, all of my meetings with my uh, guidance counselors were basically just kind of talking about the future, but both of us being aware that, like, I wasn't applying to any schools this year. Like, I had a job, and I was just going to go work for a year and go from there and then, like, reach out to them once the time kind of came. So I did a lot of research on my own, and I was pretty gung-ho on going to Ryerson because I was like, I want to do something in fashion. Like, I want to work in, like, creative industries. And then my mom sent me the program at Waterloo and was like, I think you should apply. And the rest is truly history. So, yeah, that's, like, a little insight into my high school experience, how I navigated my way to the program that we both graduated post-secondary with. And upon graduation, I was still working at Costco just in the warehouse. And with the pandemic and everything, Lord knows they needed the help. So I just kind of jumped in full swing, uh, working 40 plus hours a week. And my God, was it experience, I guess is the only way to put it, seeing mass panic like that. And I am still working for Costco now, but at their corporate offices, I was able to navigate my way out to Issaquah, Washington, which is where, and I could not be more grateful. Costco, I've been with them now for over six years. Uh, As I said at the beginning of this whole tangent, I started out in the bakery just after high school as I was still trying to figure out what the heck I wanted to do with my life. And little did I know that everything was going to be okay because I was already working for the company that was going to give me my first kind of like career opportunity post-secondary. And I love it. I love my job. I love the team that I work with uh, besides the scary shootings in Safeway parking lots. Yeah. Adore it here. It is fabulous. So with all that being said, how do you feel these days, especially with getting a new job and how is your imposter syndrome? I can't even imagine. I feel like it must be a bit surreal. This year has flown by and you've learned so much at this job and built a little work family and now you are uprooting and moving into a new one. So would love to hear how your thought process has been and how you've been navigating these imposter syndrome thoughts. Imposter syndrome is so relevant today and truly throughout your career. I've listened to this TED talk by someone named Lou Solomon and it's called The Surprising Solution to the Imposter Syndrome and she just really resonated with me everything she's been through and how imposter syndrome is created based on your career life and your you know upbringing like everything goes back Mm -hmm. to your childhood we know this (laughs) and she said something during her ted talk she said it's just the feeling of being lucky and when will my luck run out and that's so true like you feel like you're only in the position you're in because you're lucky 
you're only in the position you're in because you snuck in the back door and you're hoping no one notices you and you're just faking it till you you make it you know so she really explained imposter syndrome so well i definitely recommend that ted talk if you're feeling you need some more explanation of what it is and the signs to spot it but it comes back to a lot of like unworthiness like you feel it's like why why me like why why did i get chosen for this position hundreds of people probably applied and why me like why is it narrowed down to me i can't possibly have more skills than the other people i can't possibly be better than all these other people and it's so hard when you get into your career life like your adult career life you're up against so many different people of experiences and backgrounds someone could be applying with like five or ten years experience more than you and if you end up getting to where you are you're just like an unworthiness wave hits you of just like this has to be a mistake like i just got lucky you know and if people really knew me they would know that i was faking it or they would know that i'm not truly supposed to be here so it's scary navigating all those feelings but it just comes down to like correcting them of well i was chosen for a reason and i'm here for a reason and so what if 100 other people applied you know it comes down to you for a reason so that's kind of how i feel now about imposter syndrome I don't know if I've always felt it, maybe a little bit during university mm-hmm. of when I would get like good grades, I'd be like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure I was supposed to get this? You know, if, if it felt like I just got lucky or I got a good TA, you know, but it's like, no, I deserved those mm-hmm. grades or mm-hmm. I deserved those marks. And then coming into the career world, it's still just as prevalent yep. of, did I just get lucky? You know, like, did I just get this position out of luck? I don't know. I, I, I don't know if we'll ever really shake those feelings because a lot of the time i hear people speak about Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome they're like 20 or 30 years in the field that they're in and they're still feeling like they don't know what they're doing so it's i don't know if we'll ever really shake it no i think it's gonna kind of always be there in the back of our minds um because i think imposter syndrome can also just be in the forms of like self-doubt like you don't feel like you are capable and it almost comes down to like your confidence like if you're confident in your work and you know that you're a badass designer then you're gonna be like yeah i deserve this like of course i do i've worked my butt off but it's in the moments where you know that you did a good job but you're still questioning like did it just happen but are we like are we sure that i did that or was that just like yeah the luck the luck of the draw that i stumbled upon that text font for that poster that went viral or whatever it's so crazy. <laughs> How do you see imposter syndrome at your position now? Or do you? Um, I don't really anymore. Like in the job that I'm doing, I feel very confident mm-hmm. in my abilities. And it doesn't require a lot of design work. I feel like design work is very subjective. So I was always very... Yeah. I lacked the confidence in my designs because I was always thinking like, well, why would they choose mine? Like, I'm nothing special. I don't have anything unique like imposter syndrome to the max but with this position um it's more it's more production based so like we're just getting through volumes and volumes of images a day and not spending hours on them so i don't have imposter syndrome really when i'm at work but i do when i come home and realize like where i am and how big of a move i made 
and the fact that like this apartment is mine like i'm renting it and (laughs) this is all my stuff and it's like my place and like i have a paycheck coming into my bank and like i just don't feel like i'm the person that got myself here i have to remind myself of that constantly being like no like you did this all the decisions i made brought me to this point um it's just really hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that like it was in fact me i almost kind of feel like i was put into a coma and there was like a clone (laughs) of me out there and then i came to here and i was like whoa how how in the world and i definitely struggled with a good amount of imposter syndrome when i was going through the interviewing process for this position because in my brain i was just like why would they ever in a million years waste their time hiring this 23 year old from (laughs) canada who's gonna have to immigrate over to the u.s and move out there and like it just still boggles my mind that they took that chance on me but it's been a very heartwarming and confident building experience moving out here they made it very apparent that they really wanted me and they kind of had to go to bat to kind of get me over there because obviously it's so much easier to hire someone else who's already an american citizen like that's that's so exciting and so nice to hear coming directly from them yeah like it was it really warmed my heart my supervisor i was speaking to her during one of our one-on-ones just kind of expressing like how crazy it was to me that they chose me and like i'm so grateful but i'm just so nervous that i'm gonna let them down that like they had all these high hopes built up and they were just gonna be disappointed that like oh we went through all of that to get you over here like blur (laughs) um and she kind of like looked at me funny and she was just like jane like you did so much better than like everyone else on all of our tests like screening tests and um like design tests and we like built an entire slideshow all about you and reasons why we wanted you to come out here and we had to like sit down with our like the head of e-com and kind of like pitch you to him and be like no like she is worth it we need to get her on our team like we need her and i i literally started crying because i was like wait what and it was just like the those words of affirmation i just like needed to hear to be like no we saw you and we saw your portfolio how you performed in the design tests and the interviews and it was what we needed so we hired you like and that was that there was no like unforeseen like expectations for you we, we knew what you had to offer and that was what we wanted and so it was me that was putting all these expectations on myself being like oh they're thinking that i am like a proficient coder girl and i'm gonna <laughs> revamp the entire costco website and they just think like all these crazy stupid thoughts and they all just kind of dissolved when she told me that they really wanted me like i knew that they yeah. wanted me there it was just as we are talking about imposter syndrome i was just like there's no way yeah just absolutely crazy looking at where i am now versus say a year ago yeah what do you think happens to the people with imposter syndrome who don't fight it and they just hide in that shadow you know if they do believe that they're not good enough so they don't apply to that job or they don't take that leap they don't take the promotion because they truly think they're not good enough i think it, it really stunts your growth like you're just going to be stuck in that same old spot if you're not willing to take the risk and throw your hat into the ring for a new position that you think would be interesting but you're under the impression that you're unqualified you never know unless you try and i think people that struggle with imposter syndrome indefinitely it is such a huge battle just to even pull up that job posting and look at it because Mm. it's an instant way to just kind of like pick yourself apart and be like i don't have this i don't have that so there's no way they would ever choose me but you're taking 
away like their decision who knows you're not even putting your hat in the ring they could look at all of these great skills that you have and that'll cancel out the three that you don't have nothing is ever a hundred percent in a job posting they're all the ideal like the idealistic perfect candidate will have all of these and even if they do interview someone that has all of them if they've got a crappy personality and they don't think they're going to work well with the team that trumps over everything 90 percent of the time so even if you can just get your foot in the door for a first interview and you can kind of just show them what you're all about you're already winning yeah people hiring would much rather have someone with good attitude and a willingness to learn with maybe not all the skills rather than someone who's just a horrible person to work with you know and if you already take yourself out of the out of the roster they're gonna have to go with that horrible person to work with (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. so it i always tell people before they go into interviews of like be yourself and sell yourself don't always sell your skills course that matters as well but sell you mm-hmm. as a person because that's who they're going to be working with that's who they're going to be talking to that's who they're going to be communicating with every single day and if they like you as a person they're going to help you learn everything you don't know they don't expect anyone to be hired to know everything off the bat and they don't expect everyone to not have to learn exactly. anything and that's even something that I struggle with of getting into a new position. And I saw this tweet that was like, starting a new job is like entering a TV show on like season 10. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wait, what is going on? Yeah. You're not going to be comfy right away. And that's totally okay. And that's totally expected. Like every time a new person started at <laughs> my job, I would do everything I could to make them comfy because I knew that they were just so scared and anxious about our like family dynamic of the team. And there's so much information to learn and even to learn about our platform and the role. And there's just like, you're taking in so much that I would always say like if you need a one-on-one let me know i'll walk you through anything we can just chat like i want to get to know Mm -hmm. you as a person because this is just so scary for your end and i want to make the transition like as easy as possible so it's just like being vulnerable is not bad um admitting that you don't know everything is huge because if you just fake it until you make it of course that works sometimes but you gotta admit that you don't know some things so that you can learn or else you won't get anywhere. Exactly. You're never going to learn if you don't ask. And I think that's a great takeaway for our listeners this week. Keep in mind when someone new joins your team or joins the company, like reach out to them. Chances are they are struggling with a bit of imposter syndrome and they really don't feel like they belong there, that they're smart enough to be there. Um, They're scared to ask for help. I know I, when I first got into the job out here, I was... I was one of the only members on our team in office because it was prime COVID times and whatever. So everything was virtual and I was so scared to ever reach out to my team. I felt like I was annoying them for the first like three to four months (laughs) because there was so much that needed to be learned. And a lot of it you didn't learn until like that issue came through on an email or until something like it was a lot of just kind of waiting for things to pop up and to learn on the fly. And my coworker, god bless her she just always reassured me she was like jane you can come to me about anything i'll jump on a video call with you i will yeah. basically what you said like she was just putting out a hand being like all the questions you were asking are normal i asked the same questions when i joined the team like you're not going to get to the knowledge that i'm at right now if you don't ask these questions and like 
you just need to find that person on the team to kind of confide in and help battle those thoughts inside your brain that are telling you that you're being annoying and you should know all this already and they're disappointed the fact that like you're asking this stupid question like there is no such thing as a stupid question especially when you're starting out at a new job like every question is valuable and you're just trying to get a feel for the environment the work structure like everything yeah, crazy crazy whole new tv show yeah. on season 10 you're jumping in as a new character and you're like exactly no idea what's going on <laughs> and it's crazy it's crazy to me that our brains like we're already going through a very like uncomfortable situation yeah. when you're joining or a new team and on top of that it just decides it wants to rip itself apart and say that you suck and you don't belong there and you're not smart enough they made a mistake when they hired you they thought they hired karen but they actually <laughs> hired jane like i it's so stupid yeah. like why honestly yeah. just why it sucks that so many people what did you say 70 percent of people struggle with this yeah which is probably that way sucks. more like way more i would say closer to 100 if not like 99 every person i'm sure has doubted themselves within their career, within their personal life, anything. So it just goes to show like you're mm-hmm. not alone if you're feeling these things and to definitely reach out to your coworkers or your manager. Like maybe there's just a missing link of positive feedback you got from your teammates saying, no, we did want to hire you and we seeked out you. And that might just kind of like heal your your unworthiness a little bit. So then you can continue doing yeah. your job to the best of your ability. Oh, exactly. It helps silence those thoughts yeah. inside your brain. One thing that I did want to touch on in this podcast, since you are currently in the process, or I guess it's already happened, yeah. you are moving jobs. Uh, negotiating salary, I feel like, is a huge, huge component towards yeah. imposter syndrome. I personally struggle with this like I have no idea what my value is and what an appropriate number would even be to throw out and obviously we're not going to get into specific numbers on this podcast because every position is so drastically different depending on what company you're with what team you're on whatever but I feel like you could have a couple good pieces of advice for people who are just trying to figure out like where do even where do I even start measuring this value oh god it's so hard so so hard and what is even harder when the company's not transparent about their salary range for the job posting some salaries are posted right with the job posting and it could be like a 10k difference but just a ballpark of what they're thinking and if it's hidden Mm -hmm. it's so hard to know you're throwing a dart in the dark you really are you have no idea what they're even thinking so a piece of advice that i've taken is to just ask ask what their salary range is for the position before you throw a number out there because they might give you a 20k difference but at least you know and at least you can place yourself somewhere on that scale and it's super hard especially Mm -hmm. like getting out of school i had no idea what my, my monetary worth was no idea so some people get really taken advantage of because they just don't Mm -hmm. know they they don't know what price to ask for they have no idea how to sell themselves and it takes a few years i have no idea so it's they threw a number at me and i was like yeah exactly and you're like oh this is what i'm worth cool and that's not true at all every person at hr will tell you negotiate the salary 
because they're going to lowball you waiting mm-hmm. for you to match or like waiting for you to ask for a little bit more. And that's the price that they're okay hiring you at. But they're going to lowball you because they think that you're going right. to come back with a different number. So it's tough knowing your worth and when it comes to a career sense. So difficult, especially in your early career life. Oh my God. When you have no reference, that's why there's a huge movement. I don't know if you've seen it on LinkedIn. I've seen it. Even within our program of the people who are in our program now, they have this like spreadsheet and you're encouraged to go in and fill in your name. Well, you can do it anonymously, but your position, location, like city where you work and your your salary so that new people coming out of school know what the market is like and they can look at, well, graphic designer in London is going to probably make around this much. So you know what to ask Mm -hmm. for and salary and compensation transparency. I'm so behind that movement because you can have your coworker doing the exact same amount could be making 15k more than you and you're doing the exact same job and you have no (laughs) idea because it's just not talked about and it's a hush hush situation like don't ask don't ask don't don't bring up money like it's taboo don't do it and i get it of course people negotiate salaries for a bunch of different reasons sometimes you could be bringing 10 years extra to the table but if you're looking at an equal here yeah with even a couple years difference you shouldn't be scared to just see what they're making because you also want to be compensated fairly and that's so huge Mm -hmm. and if you get to a company where they don't they try to lowball you (laughs) you're going to take it because you have no idea how do you feel about salary transparency i think that it should be the norm i think it's very old-fashioned to not talk about money and even entering this position brutal out here it is hard and without someone to ask or without you know your colleague that you were talking to you would have no idea what the world is like and even just like numbers and tech in general there's so many different salaries out there based on experience and position and seniority and all that stuff but just like a ballpark's not even really available for you half the time and that's so hard and no half the time you're just seeing what you can get off of yeah. glass door and you don't even know exactly. if that's accurate so that's really hard and that's why i think salary transparency is very key especially as you're leaving school because you could just be making you know way below like a living wage and you're accepting it because that's what you think oh i'm right out of school that's what i deserve but it's not true you deserve a living wage so ask for it yeah you like going to school for the field that you are wanting to pursue a career in counts as experience in my book like that's four years that you have dedicated to your life studying and learning about it i remember like looking at jobs post-graduation and they were all like we need five to ten years experience whatever to apply of course i'm including my schooling in that you say you want five years in there yeah i've got five four in university and one out on the streets like i did that too you just got to get your foot in the door because I've never once been in an interview where they've like in depth asked me questions like, so tell me about every single year of your five years of experience in this field. It's definitely to clear out the people who write zero. Like it's just for the computer to clear them out. But as soon as you get behind the AI that's mm-hmm. clearing the resumes and the applications, as soon as you get there and you get in front of a person and right. then the person can decide whether they like your work, not a computer. And that, you know, really sucks. But I always yeah. included my school always <laughs> yep so that's a little a little tip to everyone out there who is applying for jobs 
add those extra years on there that you were in school because heck why not you paid the money you got the degree yeah i agree yeah it's worth something it's a big deal yeah it is a big deal it is a big deal what do you think is next for you in your career moves who honestly i am not 100 percent sure i have given myself until 2024 yeah 2024 to chill in this position and just kind of see what I can do and grow and because that's the terms of my visa like I'm here up until that point and I can move around in Costco if I want so if an opportunity shows itself I will obviously pursue it but for right now I know that I want to be in the Seattle area and in order for me to be in the Seattle area I got to be working for Costco so I'm happy with my job I'm getting compensated well I will be negotiating like salary and stuff like that um and I am keeping my eyes open in the internal job posting board and trying to network with people as much as I can to try and get maybe into a more creative position. But there's still a lot of growth to be done. I'm just kind of waiting to see what happens. I'm just kind of seeing what the next three years bring and what I can get out of this work visa. And if I end up reapplying, I end up reapplying for a visa. Or if I end up moving home and getting a job back in Canada, that's fine too. I'm just kind of going with the flow right now. Getting all the experience I can get. Costco seems like such a great company to move around in because they're so big. So there's always opportunities and there's always people mm-hmm. leaving and coming and going. And just so many people need to be employed to keep Costco running. So it's it's nice yeah. to know that there are further opportunities within the company and you're not just sitting against like a brick wall waiting for it to move. Exactly. Um, I think I kind of walked into very grateful I love my little Costco career. I am forever a Costco girl, Costco enthusiast. Yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at with my current career growth. So all super interesting things to consider when you're moving jobs and thinking about what's next in your career. And imposter syndrome, a reminder, everyone feels it. So embrace it and don't hide in it because that's not going to help you at all. With all that being said, I think it's time to go into our recommendations of the week. Yes, I think so too. I can go first. I'm actually recommending another podcast. (laughs) Only listen to it when you're done listening to ours. (laughs) Yes, only way it's allowed. We're the prerequisite. It's just a comedy podcast. It makes my week. Every Thursday they drop a new episode and they are just my comedy dads. I love them so much. The podcast (laughs) is called Hey Babe and it's with Salvo Cano and Chris Stefano and they're just two comedians and they just have a blast together. They're so fun and funny and they just every Thursday just makes my day. I'm like, oh, a new a new Hey Babe's out. I can't wait to listen to it. It's just so funny. Um, they talk about the randomest things, truly. They have a very, like, feminine side to them, but they're both two straight males, so it's just funny watching the dichotomy <laughs> and them making fun of each other for it, and it's just, Sal Volcano is from the Impractical Jokers, which is a TV show, so mm-hmm. it's also that kind of humor that builds into it, and they're just so funny, and it's just a very lighthearted podcast if you need something to laugh to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe something not so educational, yeah. just something easy that you can throw on and laugh yeah. laugh at. Sometimes you just need an easy laugh. So that is a great, I will also say I have listened to an yeah. episode or two of that one and it is funny, very funny. So also recommended for me as well. <laughs> We're getting two thumbs up. Uh, my recommendation for this week is actually 
something to do with the environment and how it's not a song it's not a song yeah how surprising (laughs) with the days becoming shorter and shorter sadly as we are entering the winter season my recommendation for the week is to make sure that you have some good lights in your room for when you wake up in the morning because it's getting harder and harder to wake up and i've found it's very easy to wake up and start the day off grumpy if your room is just like dark and it's dark outside and you're just like why am i awake so i've got uh i installed some like led lights behind my bed and i I set a specific alarm that is for turning the lights on and then i go back to bed (laughs) and then I sleep with the lights on and then I wake up and it's like already bright and it kind of tricks my brain a bit. So that's one way you could do it or just making sure the first thing you do, turn on that light. It will help you get up and get out of bed. I today went to Target and I bought a special little lamp that you can set a timer on and then it like lights up like a sun. So we're going to try that out and see if that helps at all. Just because the change of seasons is hard, very hard. And I don't, I'm finding it a lot darker earlier on the west coast than it was back at home i think all that lighting suggestion would also really help in the evening because it gets dark well it's gonna get dark at like 5 p.m so having good lights that you're not crawling into bed at 6 30 <laughs> you know mm-hmm. kind of mimic sun a little bit <laughs> exactly but yeah that is my recommendation for the week be kind to yourselves yeah. we love you we appreciate all of you Thank you for sticking with us this long. Um, If you made it this far, we really appreciate it. This one was definitely a difficult one to record, so happy you guys listened to it and made it this far. Yeah, and hopefully you guys can maybe relate or take something away. for sure. We'll talk to you next week, everyone. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye!